chapter, Mark chapter 10. I promise we're going to end this today. Today we're finishing our uh, sermon that was supposed to be one week long and now it's four weeks long. So Mark chapter 10, we're really just going to look at one verse today. And if you want to kind of mark, so you're, you're prepared for this later on, uh, mark, uh, mark also another place in your Bible, put a note there, uh, Luke chapter 19, because we're going we're gonna to run over there and look at some verses there as well. But Mark chapter 10, verse 45, a, a verse that's, that's our theme verse for the year, but to serve kind of what we're going to going to hold out in front of us all year long, what we're going to talk about, what we're going to uh, be praying about, seeking God's face on is Mark chapter 10, verse 45. And this is what that verse says. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. This verse basically has has two parts. We looked at the the first part of it a, a couple of weeks ago, really we've been kind of looking at that for three three different weeks, but but has two ideas to it. Uh, the second of those two ideas we'll look at or we'll finish up with today as we kind of go back and just revisit a little bit the first part. The the first part, and you'll see in the, the notes in your Bible, you kind of have that filled out already, was Jesus' ministry. Jesus' ministry was his practice. It's It's what he did. I don't I don't care what you think of Jesus or what you think of the church. We can't separate Jesus. We can't ignore this about Jesus. No matter what you think uh, the the service or being a Christian is about, we can't we can't get past the idea that Jesus' ministry was service. The main reason we can't get past that is because that's what Jesus said about himself. See, far too often in the church we miss this idea. We, we see the church and, and we see the message of the church now. And I'm going to say this, but, but hang with me because this may sound bad the way I'm going to say it. And I don't mean it that way. And I'll hopefully explain it correctly, but we can't, we can't get past this idea. We, we only see the church oftentimes as the message is only salvation. And, and really what I mean by that is we see that kind of personally. We see the church is just about my salvation. I, I, I need to be saved. I need to come in contact with Jesus and have a relationship with him. And, and oftentimes we think the church is just that. Now, now, who here doesn't want to hear about how God loves us? Who here doesn't want to hear about how God can forgive us no matter what we've done? Who here doesn't want to hear about his grace and mercy? Who here doesn't want to know that God welcomes us and accepts us? But we have to understand that salvation is the starting point, not the ending point. Salvation is where we come to meet Jesus. Salvation is where we start walking with Him. See, salvation is where we meet Jesus. Ministry, doing ministry is where, where we join Jesus on His journey. See, far too often we define ministry. We, we think of our ministry, uh, we think of our identity in Christ. We think of our purpose in being a Christ follower. It, follower is simply being here, coming to a to a building like this on, on a day like this. We think we think that being a Christian is just about being in church, and and that's good, and we should be here. But oftentimes we miss the point that we think this is all that it's about. We step out of the world. We step away from sin and its darkness. We separate from from non-believers. We come here to to sing and fellowship, to be encouraged, to be re-energized, to be pumped up and taught all good things and all as it should be. 
In fact, church, we need to commit ourselves. Scripture talks about that over and over again, that we need to commit ourselves to this. In the book of Acts, chapter 2, verse 42, it says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to, to the breaking of bread, or to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayers. The early church devoted themselves to, now it didn't really look exactly like this, but they devoted themselves to meeting together as a body. And so, so church, we should do that. Uh, Hebrews chapter 10 tells us that we shouldn't forsake meeting together as some have the habit of doing, but all the more we should meet together, all the more as the day approaches so we can encourage one another. So, so we are called to be here. Church, this is vitally important that we are here for all the things I've said before. But, but if we end up defining church as what we do here, if we end up de- defining ministry is what we do in, inside these walls, we're missing the point. And, and, and we've got a problem. See, the problem is Jesus never intended for his church or his followers to just meet together and that be it. See, if our only connection to Jesus, if our only connection to ministry if, it, it, it is what we do on Sunday morning, we're missing the point. If, if our only statement of faith is what we do on Sunday morning, if the only time we think about Jesus is Sunday morning, if the only, only time we're impacted by Jesus is what we do inside this walls, we're missing the point. See, remember we talked about way, way back when we started this, the first Sunday in January, we, we read this whole passage and it really started off with James and John asking a question. Remember that question? They asked Jesus, hey, they, they came to Jesus, hey, can, can we ask you a question? Will you give us what we ask? And Jesus, well, if you remember the past, he said, well, I can't necessarily guarantee that. It's not mine, but, but go ahead and ask away, even though he knew what they were going to say. And they, they asked this question, can one of us sit at your right and one of us sit at your left hand when you come to, to, to your glory? We've talked about over the last few weeks a, a lot of different things that they might have been thinking, a lot of different things that they were hoping to happen with that. But, but in reality, what they were asking for was they were asking for a place where they could hang out with Jesus. So he said, hey, when, when you come into your authority, can we sit right and left hand? They were saying to Jesus, can we hang out with you, Jesus? Can we, can we find a place of security and blessing? Can we find a place where, where it is really cool and exciting? Can, can we have maybe even a sense of utopia? Can we hang out with you? They were saying, can, can we come to a place, Jesus, where we're surrounded by people who, who think like us? Can we come to a place where we're surrounded by people who believe like us? Can we go to a place where we are surrounded by people that have everything in common with us, that have similar values and morals. Can, can we come to a place where people are just like us? In, in essence, what they were saying to Jesus, hope, you, hope you're catching the, the idea here. Hope, uh, in, in essence, what they were saying is, Jesus, can we hang out in church with you? Can, can we be a place where, where we're all believers and we're hanging out in that same place, uh, but we want to sit at the right and left hand? Now, now let me illustrate it this way. Kind of what they were thinking just, just a little bit. My home church, I don't know what Troy Christian Church used to do. We don't do it now, but, but my home church, and someone tell me if Troy had this, my home church at the, the front of the church, right, right in front of the stage was a communion table. And on either side of the communion table was a, a, a real fancy chair. Did, did Troy have that at one time? Anyone, you old timers? Okay. Barb is the only old timer here. Thank you, Barb, for, be, raising your hand. Barb remembers back. So every church I've been involved with at one time or another has had that, had, had the communion table on, on either side. There was a, a chair. 
Now, we all know who that chair was for. That was for the elders. And, and every Sunday when I was growing up at my home church, the, we would come to, back then we called it the communion hymn. It was in the bulletin, communion hymn. We'd come to that and someone would say, now turn the page, whatever, we're going to have our communion hymn. Everyone would stand, we'd start singing, the, the deacons and elders would make their way to the back, and then in a well-rehearsed, time-honored way, they would, they would march down the aisle. Elders always leading because they were the most important people. Elders, you can, you can kind of puff your chest out in pride now. Uh, they would lead the, the lowly deacons down. No. They, they'd lead the deacons down, and they'd get to the table, and they'd take the little things off and get it ready, hand it to the deacons. Time would come, the psalm was over. They would pray, uh, hand it out. The guys would start serving, and, and this would happen. The two elders, pretend like there's two chairs here, right and left-hand side. The elders would sit down. The guys were serving, and then they would do this. They would pray. And I, I remember watching those guys. Now, I wasn't supposed to because we're, we're supposed to be praying while, I mean, that was kind of the, what was supposed to happen in our church. You're supposed to be praying while communion's served. It couldn't all be because you never know when the guy was handing you the tray. So, I mean, it was always a big a lot of confliction going on in people's minds there, but but I was supposed to have my head bowed uh, bowed in prayer. But sometimes I would peek, and if my mom or dad caught me, I would get in trouble. Was always thought, now how did you know I was peeking, mom and dad? If your eyes were closed too, but respect your elders and your mom and dad. So I didn't, I never said anything. But I always wondered because because our elders, I don't know, if, Barbara, I don't know if they did it here at Troy, but our elders would sit there. And I don't know if it was for 15 seconds, 20 seconds. It was always the, the, the God honoring appropriate amount of time. They would sit there in prayer and then, and I don't know how they did this, but in unison, they would lift their heads and then they'd look out over the flock. Now, I don't know how they did it at the same time. Did they count? You know, what did they talk? Hey, we're, we're going to pray for 15 seconds. Go. 1001, 1002, you know. Probably holding out a lot of prayer going on if you're counting. So I don't know if it was that or, or, or I like to believe that there was a little buzzer, a little shocker under their seat and some guy in the back that'd be picked today hit, hits the button and it buzzes. And so they know, lift your head up and look at the congregation or, or if they peeked at one another, I never noticed it, but were they kind of peeking out of the corner of their eye? You got your eye open. You're okay. Let's open our eyes and look out over the congregation. And, uh, but I remember sitting there watching these, uh, these elders, one at the right and one at the left-hand side of the communion table. And I remember thinking, man, I'd love to be like that. Man, if I could ever arrive, man, if I'm ever holy enough or righteous enough or good enough, or wouldn't that be cool that I could be one that sat at the right and left-hand side of the, not Jesus, but the communion table, which represents Jesus, kind of. Uh, man, wouldn't that be cool? Kind of what James and John were saying here. It's kind of, they, they were saying, Jesus, we want in, in that, in that, that wonderful day after day, beautiful church service, we want to sit one at your right and one at your left hand side. And they were thinking that's what ministry was about. But then Jesus flipped their world upside down. And, and the truth is, church, we've been talking about it, hopefully been catching this idea. If we're serious about Jesus, it'll flip our world upside down too. Because Jesus said, 
hey, here's why I came. I came to serve. Two weeks ago, we looked at this idea that uh, Jesus saw. Jesus saw people's needs. It was, it was a part of who he was. Translation, it's a part of who we need to be as believers in Jesus, as Christ's followers. Jesus saw people and he saw their needs. He couldn't help but noticing people that no one else noticed because he saw the needs in their heart. He saw their brokenness and their hurt. And Jesus saw them. And, but it didn't stop there. He, he sought them as well. He moved to investigate and, and do something about it. And finally he served, he, he did what he needed to do, whether it was healing or blessing or accepting or talking, whatever it was. He broke down physical and spiritual barriers, barriers and relationship barriers, barriers so that he could minister to them. See, see, our call then is to follow Jesus. Our call is to follow Jesus and to serve like him. We've wrapped up the first three weeks of this sermon. But there's a second half of the sermon. Church, I don't want to, I don't want us to miss that first half. That's, that's why I've spent three weeks on it. It is vitally important for us to understand that Jesus' ministry was about service. It was about meeting people. It was about doing something. It was about getting outside the walls of, of his church and, and being real for him. So, so, so I don't want you to miss that. I, I don't want us to overlook that because Jesus thought that was important. So it has to be important to us. But he, but he points out a second thing and, and church don't miss this. Cause if we miss this, then we, we're really missing the purpose b- behind serving. And if, and, and if we're not serving, we're probably going to miss this one anyway. But look at that verse again. For the, for even so, the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve. Now, now catch that second half. It's the second part of, of why Jesus came. To ransom, to give his life as a ransom for many. That was his mission. His ministry was to serve. Our ministry is to serve, but Jesus had a mission. His, his mission, and really all the service was to, to, to lead him towards this mission. Our, our mission or his mission was to, to give his life as a ransom for many. The, the Greek word for ransom is the word litron there. It has, among other things, is that there's a lot of different applications, a lot of different ways it can be used. But one of the ideas for this word litron is the idea of canceling a debt, taking, taking something that is owed and paying for it, paying the price for it. It's, canceling out a debt two weeks ago after church Reed and I went uh, to St. Joe for 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 lunch we went to a Texas Roadhouse you gotta love a restaurant where you can throw stuff on the floor don't you you gotta love a place where you can throw peanut shells I am a rule follower though so I I do it but I feel guilty about it so I guess that's okay but but I we love Texas Roadhouse and and so, so we got there, we ordered our drinks, we ordered our, our meal, and I, I excused myself, said, Reed, I need to, to go to the restroom. And so I got up and went to the restroom. On the way back, I looked over and I saw the, uh, the, the coddles. Yeah, I saw you. Yeah. I, I saw, uh, Neil and his family at, at, at and there were just a couple, uh, I about said pews, but I guess they don't have pews. Uh, they're a couple benches away from us. So I stopped and, and visited with them for a little while. And, and came back and sat down, and I, I told Rita, I said, hey, Coddle's right over there. She turned around, and she waved at him. And uh, we about had our meal wrapped up. We got to that time, you know, at the end of a meal, when you know the, the waitress is going to show up and and slip something onto your table. She's going to show up and, and set a bill down on your table and say, now, 
Now, you take your time. You don't, this doesn't mean you got to leave night now. Translation, hey, can you hurry up and get out of here so I, I can reseat my, my table? That's what it really means. But, uh, just so you know, uh, but, but it was about that time and I saw the waitress and she comes walking up and, uh, and, and, and she gets to our table and she kind of leans down, but she doesn't put anything down. She kind of leans down and she looks at Rita and then she looks at me and she says, and this is exactly what she said. She said, you've been ransomed. I said, what? You've been ransomed. Well, no, she didn't really say that. She said, your debt's been canceled. No, she didn't say that either. She said, hey, someone paid for your bill. And she said, and then she said, I can't tell you who. I'm like, I know who. They're sitting right over there, right? <laughs> Neil said he was trying to get out before that happened, but he didn't. So I knew who, I would have known it was him anyway. But, uh, so thank you, Neil. Uh, where are we going to eat lunch today, Rita? I'm not, no, uh, <laughs> we're usually about 10 minutes behind the rest of you. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, but, but the truth was, what happened was our debt was canceled. We owed, I don't know what, what, you can't eat their cheap, so it was 30 or $40 or whatever. It was, it was canceled. So that's what Jesus says. I, I came to serve. Don't miss that. I've come to serve, but, but the reason I serve is so that, that I can ransom. I can pay the debt for. I can cancel out what's owed for people that are struggling and hurting and are that, that that are lost in sin. I I got that. I've got that covered. But we have to accept it. See, that was his his ministry was to serve so that he could have the opportunity, he could have the chance, he could have the position to 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 fulfill his mission to touch people and save them, to ransom them, to pay for. Now, now, just because Jesus did it didn't mean that everyone he came in contact with were going to be saved. And the truth is, church, when we serve and show people Jesus, it doesn't mean that people are going to be saved. But we do introduce them to Jesus. His mission, which is his purpose. That's why he did it. His mission his, is why he did it was to, was to ransom people. When he served, he wanted people to know this about God. Now, if you have your Bibles, flip over to, to Luke chapter 19. I told you to kind of get that ready earlier. Luke chapter 19. Let's look at a, at a story there, and, and we're going to buzz through the rest, this next part, but, but, but I want, I want us to see what, what Jesus wanted us to know. Why, why did he come? What, what was he wanting them to understand? Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through a man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and wealthy. So, so tax collectors were oftentimes wealthy, but he was a chief, so he was a, a head over a bunch of other tax collectors. He was filthy rich, and no one liked him. No one respected him except his fellow tax collectors, probably, because because he was somewhat of a turncoat. That's the way they looked at it. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but being short, a short man, he could not because of the crowd. In other words, no one led him to the front of the line because they didn't like him. So he ran ahead, climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down and at once welcomed him gladly. Probably talking about welcomed him in his house. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he has gone to be the guest of a sinner. 
But Zacchaeus stood up and said to, to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I've cheated anyone out of anything, I'll pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house because this man too is the son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save what is lost. I, I, I want you to understand three things that, that Jesus wanted them, wanted us to know about God. First of all, God sees us or God saw them. God sees who we are. Look at verse three. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but being short, he couldn't because of the crowd. Uh, he wanted to see who Jesus was. There's no indication that Zacchaeus, when he got up in that tree, was yelling at Jesus. There's no indication that he was hollering, hey, Jesus, up here, look at me. There's no indication that he was plucking figs off the tree and tossing them at Jesus, trying to get Jesus' attention. There's, there's no indication that he was waving his arms, saying, look at me, Jesus, look at me. But why did he want to see Jesus? Because that's all it says. It says he wanted to see Jesus. Didn't say he wanted to talk to him. Didn't say he wanted to invite him to his house. He said he wanted to see Jesus. I, I think it might have been a couple of things. I think he had maybe heard about Jesus, heard about his miracles, and, and kind of was, was curious. You know what I really think it was? I think some of his fellow tax collectors had, had come in contact with Jesus. Some of, some of the ones that he was in charge of had told him, hey, there's this rabbi. He's, he, he's been up in Galilee and, you know, there's something different about this rabbi because he, he looks me in the eye when he talks to me. See, see they weren't used to that. No, all the other rabbis usually would look away in disgust when they saw a tax collector. But there's something different about this. Something different about this rabbi. He'll he'll listen to us. And I, I think that's that's really what what got his attention. Reed and I, if you're looking for a doctor, I would suggest this. Reed and I go to uh, uh, Doctor Kathy Darnell. That's our primary care doctor. And, and there's really only one reason we go to her. Several years ago, we we actually went to a different doctor. She was in that practice and. He wasn't available one time when Rita was having some some kind of scary stuff and 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 some stuff going on that we didn't know what was happening and and we ended up having to see her that day and we're sitting there in the room not knowing what's going to happen and she walks in and she does she did something that most doctors don't do the doctor we normally saw never did she walked in and sat down and she scooted up to the bench where Rita was up, was at and looked her in the eye and asked her what was going on. And as she talked, then she asked more questions. And then when Rita didn't give the whole truth, I would say, uh, Rita, uh, you want to tell her about the dizziness? Do you want to tell her about the mic, you know, the optic migraines you've had in the past? And, and, uh, but she sat there as if she had no other patients to see. And I knew the hall was full of patients waiting, but she sat there and she looked at us. And we thought then that's, that's our doctor. That's who we want to go to. I think Zacchaeus wanted to see Jesus because he had heard that Jesus saw people like him. He saw the hurting. He saw the broken. He saw the lost. And it didn't make a difference if they were in the streets or if they were in the boardroom. Jesus sees hurting people. Someone once said, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Uh, Jesus Ministry and mission both were about understanding that, that he saw, that he saw. And, and, and here this morning, I'm, I'm going to guess there's some people 
that maybe find themselves a little bit like Zacchaeus, wanting to be seen. There's some people here this morning that are hurting. There's some people here this morning that are confused. There's some people here this morning that are scared. There's some people here this morning that maybe aren't sure what the future holds and maybe, maybe you don't have a lot of hope and, and purpose, but, but, but can you know, can you understand from, from the text that Jesus sees you? But, but it wasn't just that. He didn't just see him. He also sought. Jesus sees, but he also seeks us as well. It would have been, it would have been impactful had Jesus just, as he walked by Zacchaeus in that tree, if Jesus had just glanced up and did one of these. Just, just a little nod at Zacchaeus like, yeah, I see you up there. Or, or if he'd walked by and he just kind of, kind of waved at Zacchaeus. I don't know how Jesus would wave. He didn't wear a hat, so he couldn't tip a hat, but, you know, would he do a farmer wave or, you know, a, a Disney World wave or however that goes. But he walked by, if, if he'd wave, or, or better yet, if he'd walked by and, and called him by name, if he'd walked by and said, Zacchaeus, how you doing today? And if that's all he had done, and that would have impacted his life. He would have gone home and said, guys, talking to the other tax collectors, guys, Jesus saw me. He waved at me. He looked my way. He nodded his head. He called me by name. That would have changed his life. If all Jesus did was see. But, uh, but that's not, that's not what the story says. Jesus stopped and, and, and he looked at Zacchaeus and said, Zacchaeus, come down. I'm going to your house. I'm convinced that Zacchaeus, had no intention that day. This is not why he went. This is not why he climbed the tree. Jesus had, or Zacchaeus had no intention of getting saved that day. In fact, if you had asked Zacchaeus, how you doing? Zacchaeus would say, man, life is great. Zacchaeus would say, I've got everything. I am wealthy. I've got every, I've got the finest camels and donkeys and horses that a man could buy. I vacation at a resort on the Mediterranean. My life is good, except for the fact that people hate me, but my life is good. Everything is wonderful. I don't have anything going on. He didn't even recognize the pain that he might have had in his his life, but, but I don't think he went that day to get saved. Church, I'm, I'm confident if I were to ask you today, how are you doing? Most of us say, well, I'm doing fine. We put our church smiles on and and we put our, uh, I've got it all together, uh, grins on, and we got our Bibles, and we're, we're, hey, man, life is good. Um, but, but the reality is oftentimes we're in pain, and we're hurting, and we're struggling. And I want you to know that Jesus looks up and says to us, come down, come down out of that tree, I'm going to your house. Zacchaeus, I don't even know if he knew why he was hurting. I don't know if he knew the pain. But it's easy to see from the text what was going on, what really was underneath the surface. We don't know what Jesus said. We don't know what sermon Jesus preached. I doubt that he said, hey, Zacchaeus, sell everything you have or or, or repay your, your debts four times over the people you've robbed. I, I don't think Jesus did that. I think Jesus spoke to him just honestly. And, and in coming co- contact with Jesus, suddenly the guilt and the greed that were weighing him down and pulling him down and were eating him alive, even though he didn't know it, I think it bubbled to the surface. And that's why he got saved that day. I, I don't know what, uh, what may be, may be going on in your heart today. I don't know what may be, may be weighing you down. But when we come in contact with Jesus, we come in contact with Jesus, we have the opportunity, we have the opportunity to know that he ransoms us. 
and, and, and the true church, why ministry is so important is because when we minister to people, we introduce them to the one that can ransom them. We introduce them to the one who can take their pain and bring it to the surface and give them relief. Now, now, I, I like it here in the church. I, I love this time. In fact, and, I, and I'm not just saying this, my favorite day of the week is, is right now. This is my favorite time of the week. If I had to sacrifice all other stuff, I would sacrifice it to be here in God's house with you people. But that's not ministry. God's called me and you, all of us, to step out of these walls because that's where we'll run into people that need to know that God can save them. That's where we have the opportunity to let people know that Jesus came to ransom them. See, God saw Zacchaeus. Jesus did something about it. He saw it and he said, Zacchaeus, come down. And then we see in verse, in verse 10, it says this, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost. Right after Jesus said, salvation's come to this house. Jesus saves us. God saves us. So, what now? Our, our ministry is to serve like Jesus. Our mission is to seek and save like Jesus. What now? What now? Where, where are you going to start serving? Been talking about that over the last few weeks. Probably the first week we mentioned it, church. We, we, we need to start having the eyes of Jesus and start looking. How, how can I serve? Whether it's just a small little thing or, or becomes a ministry that we can support as a congregation or you can support as a group of friends. How, how are we going to start serving so that we can seek people and touch, touch them with Jesus? Where are you going to serve? N.T. Wright says this. He says, what you do in the present, so right now, what you do in the present by painting, preaching, singing, sewing, praying, teaching, building hospitals, digging wells, campaign, campaigning for justice, writing poems, Caring for the needy, loving your neighbor as yourself will last into God's future. These activities are not simply ways of making our present life a little less beastly. They are part of what God may be calling us to, to build his kingdom. Philip Yancey tells the story of meeting a, uh, a man in San Paulo, Brazil, a fellow American in San Paulo, Brazil, and and he said this guy told this story uh, about what had happened to him in San Paulo. He said said he had had walked out into the streets with a local passer and, and went into one of the barrios in San Paulo, the, basically one of the ghetto, one of the poor areas of town, and said says that I, as as I walked into that area and saw the poverty and the blight, he said I began to get a little bit nervous. He said as we walked deeper into the uh, into that barrio and. And, and we saw the sewage running down the streets, uh, the, the dirt road streets, and we saw the water dripping from pipes that come out of the tin shanties and shacks there. He said, uh, said, I began to get just a little bit anxious. And, 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 and then as I got a little bit further and I noticed, I, I started seeing people 
and as they stuck their heads out of the out of their shacks and they kind of glared at us and they looked like they didn't know who we were who we were or why we were there he said said my my anxiety turned to fear he said i was thinking man at any moment we we really should turn around and get out of here and then all of a sudden someone said and he heard them holler out oh oh evangelicos evangelicos or evangelicus Christians there you go say it right Christians see the guy had a t-shirt on from a local church and someone saw the back of that t-shirt see it was a local church that had had for years been investing in that barrio for years they had been feeding the hungry for years they had been giving clothes to the ones that needed for years they had been offering medical assistance to the ones that were hurting medically for years they had come, come alongside these people and help them build houses, help help them improve their lives and help give dignity to their existence. When they saw that they had a shirt from that church, they knew who they were. And and their their glares turned to smiles as they welcomed them. Church. So what now? When we wear our Troy Christian shirts, Christian church shirts around. When we have a shirt that 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 proclaims what where we're from, what will people say? What will people think? What will people know about us? His ministry was to serve. His mission to ransom. Would you stand? Let's pray quickly before we sing. Father, we thank you for the work that Jesus did, the work of service and the work that he did on the cross for salvation. Lord, help us. Help us adopt his ministry and help us adopt his mission. In Jesus' name.